If you would, this morning, I would like you to take your Bible and turn to the New Testament epistle of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, and this morning we will be looking at verse 16, Ephesians 6 and verse 16. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are Bibles, uh, should be a Bible in the chair in front of you that you can use or you can just follow along. I will read the scripture that we're going to use this morning. Just a couple of things before I get into the message this morning. First of all, just to add to what Pastor Chad said earlier, for the Baptist Children's Home, they are having the removing the shingles, um, and they need as many hands to help out as they can. Hope it won't take a long time, but that's this Saturday, the 20th. So that's this Saturday, July 20th, up in St. Louis at one of the children's homes, one of the group homes that they have there. They're going to provide coffee and donuts and then lunch for all of those who are able to come. So all three pastors have the phone number you can call if you would like to participate. We're going to just let you do that on your own. Second, tonight, we are going to show the first part of a documentary called American Gospel Christ Alone. It's a very important documentary that we want to introduce you to. It explains very clearly what the gospel is and how all around us there are some very serious distortions of the gospel, false gospels being preached by some well-known people, and they are exposed in this documentary. And uh, so we think we need to... expose, uh, bring this to the attention of our whole church, let you know how you can get a copy of the whole documentary. So that's what we're going to focus on tonight. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, I have been preaching through the book of Ephesians for about the last year and a half. We are now in chapter 6. We're in that great section on spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And I am taking us through each and every piece of the armor of God, one piece at a time, because because we are commanded. Every Christian is commanded to put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So let me read for you verses 13 through 16. It says, Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And now our verse for this morning. In all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Well, our first point this morning is faith. Because faith is such a powerful force in the Christian life, it would seem well suited to a context of spiritual warfare, and it is. Yet it's not faith that's important. It is the object of our faith that's important. To be victorious in spiritual warfare, we must have faith in the only one, in the only one who is stronger than Satan, and that, of course, is our Lord Jesus Christ. 
When you study the history of the church, you discover that it was born in persecution, in martyrdom, in suffering, in imprisonment, and in bloodshed. Our Savior was executed. All of the apostles, with the exception of one, died as a martyr. All of the apostles except one. The only one who didn't was the apostle John, and he was exiled to the island of Patmos. In the first centuries of the church, it suffered unspeakable persecution. Many of you are familiar with the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you've never read it, I would encourage you to do so sometime. Sometime in your Christian life, all of us should read through Fox's Book of Martyrs. It tells the great price that our brothers and sisters in Christ have paid for the faith that we hold to. And the Bible tells us that this is normal for God's people. As a matter of fact, Scripture says that we are not to think it strange when we face trouble and persecution. If we are going to reign with Christ, if we are going to reign with Christ, then we also have to be willing to suffer with him. This whole section that I am working through with you reminds us the premise of this whole section is that the Christian life is a war. We are engaged in a hostile and very real conflict with Satan and his army of demons. Well, that brings us to our second point this morning, and that is the shield of faith. The Bible says that as we go through life, we always need to have a shield with us because we are vulnerable. Satan knows the armor that we have on, and he knows where the places are between the pieces of the armor. And the shield is a valuable weapon for the soldier because it can be moved in any direction at any time to deflect the attack of the enemy. It can be moved from side to side, up and down. So the Apostle Paul says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Now here's just an interesting side note for us. For the first three pieces of armor, which we've already gone over, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace, they are all permanent pieces of armor. A soldier would have on the belt, the breastplate, and the shoes on at all times. But the next three pieces of armor, the shield, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the shield, the helmet, and the sword, those he could take up at any particular time. So if he was a soldier in camp, he would have on his belt, he would have on his breastplate, he would have on his shoes, but at his side, he would have the shield. He would have the helmet, he would have the sword, ready to take them up at any particular time. And so it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. When scripture refers to flaming darts, it is a clear literary allusion to the practice of warfare at that time. Now, the English Standard Version, the ESV, which I am preaching from this morning, has flaming darts the New International Version and other English versions have flaming arrows. Same thought, same thing here. There may have been different sizes of arrows, but it's really referring to the same thing. And in 
first, second, third, fourth century warfare, especially surrounding that warfare surrounding the Roman Empire, archers. Archers played a very important role in the military. Archers would soak the tips of their darts and arrows in poison so that if the initial trauma of the arrow didn't kill the enemy, then the poison would begin to work its way through the wound and work its way through the body. On other occasions, Roman soldiers would wrap their arrowheads in cloth, soak them in pitch, and then set them on fire before raining arrows down on the enemy. And I'm going to assume this morning that most of you, if not all of you, have read a novel or a history book or watched a movie from warfare in the first, second, third, fourth century, that surrounding or that surrounding the Roman Empire, and you would see the archers, and they would, in tandem together, shoot their arrows straight up into the arrow, and those flaming arrows would just come down in torrents upon the enemy. And when those flaming arrows would hit the ground with that pitch, it would set the ground on fire around the enemy, or set their camp on fire. And if all the enemy had were straight wood shields, Those arrows would come into their shields. They would set their shields, those wood shields, on fire, causing smoke to go into the eyes of the enemy soldiers. And that way, they would have the advantage in warfare and potential victory in warfare. Now, we are called to take up the shield, to take up the shield of faith. But we are to not only take up this shield, it is to be a properly prepared shield. There were two primary shields used by Roman soldiers. One was the aspis, A-S-P-I-S. It was a small round shield that was strapped to the forearm of the Roman soldier. So if you were right-handed, you would have this round shield with two straps strapped to your forearm And you would take up your sword and you would aggressively go into battle with the aspis, this small round shield, and you would deflect the enemy arrows or blows with your shield. There was a second kind of shield. It was known as the thurion, T-H-U-R-E-O-N. It was a large, thick plank of wood that was rectangular in shape. It was four and a half feet high and two and a half feet wide. In verse 16, the shield of faith, the word faith here is a reference to the thurion, not to the aspis. So this is talking about the large, thick, rectangular shield. And the shields often consisted, the thurion consisted of two layers of wood glued together, covered with linen and hide and bound with iron. And they would often soak for long periods of time their shields in water before they went into battle, anticipating there there would be flaming arrows that would be shot at them. And a soldier, these shields, excuse me, were large enough that you could take them and you could hide your entire body behind them. 
And if you've seen some of these battle scenes in movies, you'll know that if there was a whole legion of soldiers, they would stand side by side and then kneel side by side and they'd have their shields side by side together so that when those arrows came, they could deflect them. And so the Thurion, the shield mentioned in verse 16, was designed for the soldier's full protection. And that brings us to our third point this morning, and that is the shield of faith and the Christian life. Satan knows exactly what he is doing when he shoots an arrow into your life. And we know well this morning, most of his arrows are poison-tipped and fire-tipped. And they have one purpose, and that is to produce sinful responses in your life. The flaming arrows, arrows, the flaming darts of the evil one have one specific purpose, and that is to elicit sinful responses in your life. Long after the initial thrust of the arrow is no longer felt, the sting of the poison and the sting of the flame can linger on and on. Someone says something to you, and it really ticks you off. It bothers you. And maybe the initial sting wears off, but then later you think about it, and you think about it again and again, and it lingers with you for days. It can linger with you for months. It can linger with you for years. And you have bitter thoughts and angry thoughts toward that person. And that arrow of Satan penetrates deep within you. I think it is very likely, most of us, if not all of us, we have arrows like that in us right now. There are the arrows of lust that Satan comes back and fires into a man's heart. And that lust stays with him. Feels like he can't get it out of of his mind. It just kind of goes over and over again. He thinks about it at night. He thinks about it in the day. There is the arrow of physical suffering. And it lingers. It becomes consuming. There is the arrow of emotional, mental suffering. There is the arrow of disappointment. Didn't get into that school. That relationship didn't work out. I didn't get the job. I got passed over for the promotion. And man, that arrow goes deep. And it stings. And our mind just runs with it. It just runs with it. And I want you to notice something. I've shared this with you many times before. Words in Scripture are important. Don't miss the words. Every word is important. And it says that these arrows are the flaming 
darts of the evil one. These aren't just any arrows. These aren't just any darts. These are the flaming darts, the flaming arrows of Satan himself, which reminds us, folks, we are not fighting a philosophical, impersonal abstraction. We are not just fighting against ideas. Yes, ideas are part of it, but our struggle is not against this philosophical, impersonal abstraction. We are fighting against a personal being. We are fighting against Satan and his demonic hosts. In verse 12, again, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And the only way to extinguish those flaming darts is by taking up the shield of faith. Now, if you know scripture even a little bit, you know the Bible talks about faith in a number of different ways. There are numerous aspects of biblical faith. Faith for salvation. Faith that moves a mountain. Faith like a mustard seed. But in this particular passage, in verse 16, this passage has reference to faith in the middle of a heated battle. Okay, that's what the word here means. It means having faith in God and in his word in the middle of a very intense, heated battle. You use the shield of faith when the battle is most intense and you can sense it all around you. You're not on the sidelines. You're in the front lines. You're right in it. The storm's raging all around you. This is the shield that you use when it is the most intense. Let me go over something that I know you are aware of, but it's just good for us to review this morning. Faith is believing God no matter what you see and no matter how things may appear to be. Let me say that again. Faith is believing God no matter what you see and no matter how things may appear to be. Okay, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And I've shared with you many times before, we also walk by faith, not by feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by feelings. Think of that classic definition of faith, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You need to repeat that to yourself over and over again. I need to repeat that, that to myself over and over again. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And without faith, and without faith, it is impossible, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the bottom line of the Christian life. Everything we believe in, everything we hold to, Everything we have our confidence in, we hold on to by faith. 
So when the enemy is assaulting you and pressuring you to cave into your temptations, to cave into your circumstances, you stand your ground because you believe God and you believe his word. Even though you can't see the victory, even though you can't see how you're going to get out of this, even though you can't see what the solution is, or why God is allowing this, or why He's letting you go through this, you believe God and you believe His Word. You may have heard this before, but faith has often been compared to the control panel on an airplane. And the pilots are in the midst of a raging storm. They can't see anything. They've got to trust that control panel. They've got to trust what's being told them by that air traffic controller. They've got to. Because they can't see. They don't know. All they can see is the rain, the thunder, the lightning. All they can, that's all they can see around them. And sometimes we can't see very far in front of us and we have to trust God and we have to trust His Word. It was interesting in my reading this week and I love some of those old historical stories, accounts that they have. There's an account of a famous Roman soldier that after one battle, one intense battle, he took his shield and he counted 220 arrows were in his shield. 220 arrows. But you know what? We feel like that sometimes, don't we? You ever been in one of those circumstances? Maybe you are right now, this morning. Or it just keeps coming. And you're thinking, Lord, I don't know that I can take anymore. It just comes in waves. And you think, I already got this problem over here, and now I got this problem over here. And maybe the battle for you right now on this Sunday morning, July 14th, is really intense and it's real for you. I want you to know something this morning, and this is very important for all of us. Even the most mature believer, even the most mature believer can have serious doubts because of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Do I really believe everything I've been taught since I was a child? Do I really believe it? How come I'm failing when other people around me seem to be living in victory? How come it's not working for me? Last week, we looked at the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace. And I shared with you that there was a verse in the New Testament that just nailed the shoes of peace, the shoes of readiness. Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the shoes. And I said there was a hymn that absolutely describes it perfectly. It's the hymn, It is Well with My Soul. Well, this week, the shield of faith, there is a chapter that absolutely nails this piece of the armor. You may even be ahead of me here. It's Hebrews chapter 11. You want to know what the shield of faith is? You want to know how the shield of faith works? You want to know what it looks like in real life? Read Hebrews chapter 11. Just go and read it and you will see. Hebrews chapter 11 is a record 
of men and women of God who used the shield of faith in the middle of the battle. By faith, by faith, Abraham was asked to sacrifice his own son and was willing to do so. By faith, Sarah was told that she would bear a child at 90 years of age. By faith, the children of Israel were told to conquer the city of Jericho by walking around it for seven days. By faith, David, when the entire Israeli army was trembling because of the very presence of Goliath, David not only faced him, but fought him and killed him. But always remember this. The story of David and Goliath is not a story of how brave David was. It is a story of how great his God was. The story of David and Goliath is a story of the greatness of God and David's faith in him. Apart from God, David had no chance. Absolutely no chance to stand against Goliath. Well, I want to end this morning this way. I just want to give you a thought to kind of take you out of here this morning to carry with you in the week to come. Faith is a willingness to see beyond this world. Faith is a willingness to see beyond this world. I've shared this so many times in counseling sessions. I've shared this with you brother to brother, brother to sister in conversations. I've preached on it before. There's a whole world going on all around us. There are very real angels all around us all the time. There are very real demons all around us all the time. As I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, I think we need to read, need to read through the book of Revelation on a regular basis, not just because we're fascinated by the prophecy, but because the book of Revelation, more than any other book of the Bible, helps us to grasp the intensity of spiritual warfare that is happening all the time, all around us. We just don't see it. We have to see it with the eyes of faith. In 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve, it says this, Now we see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror, then in heaven we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. It is from this verse that C.S. Lewis coined his famous term, the shadowlands. On this earth we live in the shadowlands. We only see a shadow of reality. The reality is there is spiritual warfare going on all around us. The reality is Satan is shooting his flaming darts, his flaming arrows at us constantly. By faith, by faith we believe that Satan is a real and present enemy. By faith we believe that spiritual conflict is not only real in the world around me, it is real in my own life. By faith, we put on the armor of God and we are to put it on all the time, daily. This whole series or this whole part of chapter 6 
must be accepted by faith. By faith, we know that Satan is a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. On this subject, I think one of the most fascinating portions of all the Bible is the book of Job, first two chapters. In the book of Job, twice, chapter 1 and chapter 2, Satan appears before God. I don't know, I just find that fascinating. Satan comes up to heaven, talks to God. This is what it says in the book of Job. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered, from roaming the earth and going back and forth in it. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered, from roaming the earth and going back and forth in it. You know where Satan is right now? He's roaming the earth and going back and forth in it. I want you to really listen to this part. Satan is roaming the earth looking for Christians with their shields down. Satan is roaming the earth looking for Christians with their shields down. And when he finds them, he will take out his demonic bow and arrows and he will begin to fire away. And so the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus and to every Christian since then, including us this morning, he says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us in Christ by his strength, his power, his righteousness in us. Help us daily to take up the shield of faith. No matter what we see, no matter how we feel, help us to believe you. Help us to believe your word. And to put all our trust and confidence in you. O oh Lord, here is our prayer this morning. Help us to walk by faith, not by sight. Help us to walk by faith, not by feelings. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.